All right. Thank you. We're so glad to see each of you. Each week it looks like the church is getting fuller and fuller as people feel more comfortable coming out and getting into the house of God. We're still trying to do follow the guidelines and social distance as much as we can. We've got the seats still separated here, as you can see, that are here. And But we're, we're looking forward to the day that we don't have to worry about that anymore. Amen? Looking forward to that time when we can just open it up and just have church the way we're so used to having it. But we're glad you guys have chose to come out and be with us. Normally at this time is when we would be receiving the morning offering. But since we're not passing the buckets now, they are located at each of the doors. But we do have three ways to give that we uh, have there. You can see them on the screen. You can text your money in. Those of you who are watching online, those of you who are sitting in here, you can text your way in. The way I kind of give every week is online. I use the, the website, go there and do my giving that direction. Or you can do it in person, drop it off on your way out the door. But I do want to pray over your finances this morning. I believe God still hears our prayers and he still blesses his people. So let's pray this morning and ask God to bless our finances. Father, right now, right now, God, we come to you and we ask you to receive our tithes and offerings. We want those of you, Lord, that, uh, that we, Lord, we, we ask you to just bless us. God, we're bringing back a portion of what it is you've given us today to give to you. We're doing this as an act of worship. We ask you to bless what we have left so we can meet the needs of our families and of other people too, God. Those that are here, those that are watching us online who may have lost their jobs, Lord, we ask you, God, to open up some doors. Encourage them, Father God, that they can find that job they need to be working in. They can once again participate in the giving portion of the service. We give you praise, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, we're going to have this week, we got an exciting announcement coming up for those of you with children, having to do with Children's Church. I'm not going to give the announcement this morning, but be looking in your emails, checking out the, the social medias, looking for some answers on how that's going to be happening. And you should get something this week telling you how we're going to move forward with our children's ministry. It's exciting. We've got a lot of things coming up there, but you want to read that to get all the details right. And I don't want to mess it up trying to give part of them to you this morning. Also, this Tuesday, for those of you that are 50 and older, we are having uh, our first back our luncheon that we do for Mountain Movers. We do it once a month. We're going to get back together. We're still trying to follow the guidelines. So this is a BYOB lunch. It's bring your own bag of food. Uh, you can stop off and buy it on the way in, or you can just bring it from home, however you want to do that. But come on in and, and be here at 12 noon, and Dr. Courtney will be speaking, and his wife, Doris, will be playing the keyboard for us and blessing us with some music. And I'm looking forward to getting back together. We're going to set the tables out so that if you feel comfortable with some people and you want to sit with them, you're welcome to. If you want to sit all by yourself, you can do that too. However you feel comfortable, we want you to feel safe when you come into the house of God. And so just going to quite quickly make that announcement this morning, too, as uh, we're getting ready to enter back into everything. And I got one last thing. I wanted to greet some people. Uh, I've got some friends that are in the house today. Uh, it's the first time they've got to be in the service with us. Uh, I knew them when we were missionaries in Jamaica. They had to live in a terrible place called Treasure Beach. 
Jamaica. And it's one of those eco-friendly places, you know, where we could sit at the hotel and watch the dolphins swim outside. And they were pastors of the church there. And they're with us in the house today. We're glad to have you guys with us. Uh, Reverend Mrs. Campbell and their daughter, we're glad to have you guys with us in, in here today. And their grandson is with us too. Thank you for being here. <laughs> we had the privilege of speaking at their church and being in numerous meetings with Brother Campbell all over the country of Jamaica. And so we're glad they've moved here to Smyrna. What a change. What a change. But we're glad they chose to be with us in the house today and join us. We've got to get into the message. We're trying to still finish up close to 10 o'clock. So we have time between services for them to come in and clean the room and get it all sterilized and ready for the second service. So we want to go ahead and get started with our message today. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of John. Book of John, no, yeah, book of John chapter 13. John chapter 13, we're going to start reading at verse 34. John chapter 13, 34. Those of you that may not know, I think probably most of you do, but I'm Pastor Gary. I'm the pastoral care pastor and take care of the seniors ministry at the church uh, here. And we're honored to be filling in this morning and speaking here at the church uh, for, for you guys. Got your, everybody found that place there? John chapter 13, verse 34. He says, so now I'm going to give you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world you are my disciples. This morning I've got a message that's different from anything I've ever done before. But as I started studying and preparing for this, I just felt this is the direction I needed to go. And... Bear with me. I think we're going to have a little bit of fun, but I hope God searches our hearts today. Title of my message is The Year Was 2020. The Year Was 2020. It started like almost every other year. Pastors of churches around the world, especially here in America, casting their vision for the new year. This year, many were the messages that played on the fact that because it was 2020, we should have 2020 vision for the year 2020. The messages were inspiring. We were encouraged to seek God for His vision for our life in 2020. What was it God had for us in 2020? January 5th of this year, Pastor Eddie began a sermon series, My Goal to Grow in 2020. And he challenged each of us to grow in our faith. And during that series, it was to grow in our faith and to grow in our lives, to grow in our marriages, grow in our giving, grow in our relationships. You remember that series he did? It's still online. If you want to go back and watch it, it's still there. You can see it and follow up with it. And it was an outstanding series inspiring us to step up this year and to move forward. Then on January 7th, the World Health Organization was first notified by China about a virus called the Novel Coronavirus. January 16th, the President of the United States went on trial for impeachment in the U.S. Senate. He was impeached in 2019, but the trial started in 2020. January 20th, the first coronavirus in the United States is documented in Washington State. 
The patient had just flown in from China and landed in Seattle. January 26, Kobe Bryant, his daughter, along with seven other passengers were killed when the helicopter they were riding in crashed. January 30th, the World Health Organization declares a world health emergency. And January 31st, the last day of the first month of the year, President Trump stops travel from China into the U.S. That's just the first month for this year. Just getting started. On February 4th, Iowa has their first-in-the-nation caucuses for the upcoming election. But for the first time in modern history, the results would not be known for several weeks due to what they called quality control issues. Not sure what that boiled down to being, but they had some problems. February 5th, the president is acquitted of the two, two impeachment articles against him in the Senate. February the 11th, the World Health Organization has now changed the name. They named the virus COVID-19, which stands for Coronavirus Disease 2019. And due to shortages of PPE, or personal protective equipment, the public is discouraged from the wearing of masks. On February 15th, the CDC is now recommending that frontline workers and those who have known to have COVID-19 systems should wear masks, and everybody else shouldn't. On February the 29th, the U.S. announces its first COVID-19 death. However, two others had really already died from the disease. They were undiagnosed, but their autopsies pointed out that that's what they died from, this disease. We got through the second month of the year. Then we hit the decade that is March. March the 5th, we have the first case of COVID-19 here in Tennessee. The first case shows up. That same day, an EF2 tornado comes through Nashville, Cookville, Putnam counties, and destroys hundreds of homes, schools, churches, and businesses. And the Tennessee, known as the volunteer state, shows up in mass to try to help rebuild things, get things started. And just as soon as we get started, the pandemic gets worse. March the 8th, Dr. Fauci goes on 60 Minutes, says there is no reason for the average person to be going around wearing a mask. Leave those for the professionals. Now, to be fair at that time, there was a shortage of PPE for the healthcare professionals. They were trying to save all the masks for those in the front lines. And let me tell you, my wife said to tell you all, thank you. She can use those masks. She's using one today. March the 10th, Italy becomes the first country in the world to have a nationwide lockdown due to COVID-19. The next day, March the 11th, the World Health Organization declares COVID-19 to be a pandemic. It went from an emergency to a pandemic. And President Trump blocks most visitors to the U.S. from Europe. And the stock market begins to drop. March the 12th, toilet paper sales ballooned 734% over the previous years, and a shortage ensued. You all know, we lived through it. It was out there, and it was real. The next day, after the toilet paper shortage starts, President Trump declares a national emergency. Not because of the toilet paper, but because of COVID-19. And Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks 
tell us that it's not necessary for everybody to get tested. This is going to pass. It's also around that same exact time that my wife and some of you know and some of you may not. My wife is a nurse. She works at her local hospital. And every day she's taking care of COVID positive patients. That's what she's doing. She's there today uh, taking care of them. Uh, And she said the CDC were changing their rules so often that at this particular time, her and the other nurses would be in a huddle on the floor talking about the latest rules on how to treat somebody. And while they're in the huddle, they would get a stop to wait for the next order to come in from CDC because they were changing it during the day. They were changing it right live as they were learning more because they didn't know much about this. And they would get new instructions. Then March the 15th, the CDC recommends no gatherings of people in quantities of 50 or more. The next day, the 16th, President Trump recommends no gatherings of people in groups of more than 10 people. And the Dow Jones plunges 2,997 points in the worst drop since the recession of 1987. Then March 22nd, Family Worship Center, our church, has its first online only Sunday morning live streaming service. For most of us, that seems like forever ago, doesn't it? It's like we've been, what, this has just gone on for so long. The end of the month, March the 30th, the U.S. lifts all restrictions now on COVID-19 testing, and now they're recommending everybody go get tested. In April the 2nd, due to the lockdown requirements in almost all 50 states, there were a few states that never went on the lockdown, unemployment shoots through the roof as millions of Americans lose their jobs. Also on April 2nd, the CDC changes its guidelines again. Dr. Fauci now recommends that everybody who goes out in public should wear a cloth mask, but leave the medical grade mask for the professionals. However, on the same day, they tell us that wearing the mask does little to protect you from the virus, but it will help protect others from you if you unknowingly have the virus. And the best thing we can do is social distance and wash our hands a lot. When you see me walk around, I wear a mask a lot. Uh, I do that because of what my wife does. I'm trying to protect you from me don't know that I have anything, but we know that she's working with them. So we wear it for your protection. April 30th, several airlines list their rules requiring all flight attendants and passengers have to wear masks, even though they never enforce that rule. And then we get to the end of April, the beginning of May, and states begin to slowly reopen after the curve had been flattened for the spread of this virus And we're just coming out of that problem. And on May 25th, George Floyd is brutally murdered in Minneapolis. And from then until just now, there have been both peaceful marches and violent riots occurring in his name and calling for an end to systemic racism. The year was 2020. And we're just halfway through. My wife and I have had the privilege of living in three different countries. We didn't just visit them as tourists, but we lived there in a different culture. We lived there. We were the minorities in those cultures. But even with that background, I want you to understand that like many of you, I'm still wrestling through how to process what I'm witnessing in America, what I'm experiencing, and what's going on in our nation in this year of crisis. Let's look at the scripture we started with this morning, John 13, verse 34 and 35. I'm going to speak to you today from my heart. That's the only place I know how to do this. 
He says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world you are my disciples. In my Bible, these are in red letters. That means it's Jesus speaking. He's doing it. And notice he didn't say, I'm giving you a suggestion. He said, I'm giving you a new commandment. Not an old commandment, a new commandment. To love each other. Paul, over in Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, turn there quickly. Paul, Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 says this, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Our pastor, Pastor Eddie, is always telling us that we need to be in unity in this church. We cannot reach our community if we're not all working together in unity. And Paul says to get that unity, that harmony, we need to clothe ourselves in love. Because it binds us together in perfect harmony. And that sounds great, but how do we do that? How do we clothe ourselves in love? How do we follow the Scripture when many of us can't even take the time to listen to someone else's point of view? Our minds are already made up. Doug Clay, who's the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God churches, said for him, clothing himself in love begins with listening, and not just listening with his ears, but listening with his heart. And he makes this statement. I think this is powerful. Look at this statement. He says, poor listening diminishes the value of others, but good listening values others. Poor listening diminishes the value of others. But poor, good listening values others. So this week, I've spent a lot of time listening. Not just standing there waiting for my turn to speak, but truly listening. Not listening to respond, but listening to understand. If you go on social media, you can see everybody's posts, and it seems that almost everybody has an opinion about what's going on. Many of them feel the need to express that opinion. But there are a few of these that just caught my attention and thought, I need to delve more into that. What are they saying there? One member of our church posted a link to some ministers. They were having a conversation about race, and this actually occurred 10 days prior to George Floyd's uh, execution. But this conversation required me taking some time because it was 43 minutes long. It wasn't one of those quick things you just get a little snippet. You had to take some time, listen to what they were saying. Four ministers, different parts of the country, different backgrounds, different races, just having an honest discussion about racial relations and, and and tensions. And I listened, and a couple of their comments really stood out to me. It made me think about things just a little differently than I had before. They weren't huge changes, but it was a change in me that I believe helped me to grow. I believe it helped me to do just a little differently in my thinking and my understanding. Let me walk you through one of those. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And I'm not going to read the whole story, but this is the story of Jesus with the lady at the well, the woman at the well, where he met. And you guys know the story. And, and if you read through it, you find where Jesus is, is one place, he's got to go another. And he says, in the King James Version, he says, he must needs go through Samaria. 
Here he's telling them, I've got to go through Samaria. Now, the scholars tell us that at that time when they were traveling, it was very common for the Jewish people to go around Samaria, not go through it. They wanted to avoid Samaria. They didn't like those people. They didn't get along with those people. Neither side liked each other. They were like the Hatfields and McCoys. They couldn't stand each other. They didn't always know why, but they didn't do it. They didn't go together. And that they would stay away from each other. But Jesus was trying to teach his disciples something here. And he said, we got to go through Samaria. We have to do this. We have to go this direction. So they get there. Jesus gets to the well. And he sends his disciples away to buy some food. More than likely, there's not anybody in this church that doesn't have some area in our life that we tend to avoid. Some place we don't go because we don't like confrontation. We don't like our, per- our personal preferences say, you know what? I don't really have a problem there, but I just kind of avoid it. I just kind of stay away. We leave that area of our life alone because we don't want to deal with what's there because it makes us uncomfortable. But Jesus is pushing past those preferences. He's going where it's not going to be comfortable. He's not going to be overwhelmingly welcomed. He is reaching out to people that didn't like him. He's reaching out. And folks, we need to learn not only to listen, but we need to learn to reach out beyond our comfort zone and come to those who are not exactly like us. I do want to read a portion of this story from the Message Bible. Uh, This is not a version I read a lot, but it does have some interesting comment. And this particular one here, Jesus has been there. This lady has been talking to Jesus for some time. They have had a comfortable conversation. They've been very honest. She says, well, our people say we've got to worship here. Your people say we've got to worship there. What do you say is going on? And Jesus is answering. They're comfortable with each other. And then the disciples come back. Look at John chapter 4, verse 27. John 4, 27, I'm reading from the Message Bible. It says, just then his disciples came back. And they were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of a woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but their faces showed it. And the woman took the hint and left. Oh, Yeah. That hits pretty close to home, doesn't it? She was comfortable with Jesus. But when his disciples showed up, she took the hint and she left. She could, they didn't have to say a word. Just the look on their faces said everything. They didn't like this. This wasn't what they liked. They didn't like her being there talking to Jesus. They didn't like her there. And she took the Bible to even tells us she left her water pot. She came out of the water pot. She left it there. She didn't even take it with her. She had been comfortable all that time. Jesus, the disciples show up and her faces said everything. She left. I want to ask you a question this morning. How do we make people feel when we show up? Are they comfortable being around Jesus, but not comfortable being around one of his disciples? Do we come in with the arrogant attitude of, I'm better than you? Do we have the attitude of, Jesus loves me more than he loves you? See, folks, if we're going to be the church that has total unity, a church that reflects our community, a church that reaches our community, we've got to learn to examine ourselves. We've got to learn to do that. And it's not always easy because we may not like what we see. 
I love the fact if you go and read the story, they didn't just leave as soon as she came back with all those people. The Bible says that they, Jesus kept the disciples there for two more days. He kept them there with the Samaritans for two more days. He wanted them to get to know these people. They weren't to be feared. They were to be loved. That he came for the Samaritans too. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 is a very common scripture that we hear a lot. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore the land. And we love to quote that scripture. I hear it all the time. Oh, we just got to get praying. We got to do this. But here's what we do. Instead of praying, Lord, help me humble myself and turn from my wicked ways, what we say is, Lord, you know I'm okay. All the rest of those people are sinners. They need to turn from their wicked ways. God, they're acting a fool. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good like this, folks. That's how we, that's how we do it. We read that scripture and everybody else is at fault except us. We don't humble ourselves and ask God to search us. No, we want everybody else to turn from their wicked ways, seek their face. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells this parable uh, to, to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness, and they scorned everybody else. Luke chapter 18 says, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a despised tax collector. Is there any other kind? The Pharisee stood by himself and they, he, they, he prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers, protesters, rioters. Uh-oh. And he goes, I'm certainly not like that tax collector. He said, I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. He's feeling pretty proud of himself. But the tax collector stood at a distance, dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, we love to quote Second Chronicles chapter 7, but do we really ever humble ourselves and pray, or do we just want God to humble everybody else? I'm trying to be real with you this morning. Last week, at the end of the message, Pastor Eddie stepped over here to talk to you from his heart. And as part of that, he started quoting the words of an old song. Some of you may not have known it was a song, but it's one from our childhood that we used to sing in church. It says, it's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. That needs to be our prayer. Lord, humble me. Help me turn from my wicked ways. Isaiah chapter 6 tells a story where Isaiah goes into the temple and the presence of God shows up. How many of you like it when the presence of God shows up? Oh, we like that. But however, when he shows up, he's going to search our hearts. 
And that's what happened to Isaiah. He's there and he has a vision of God. He hears the angel singing, holy, holy, holy. And when he saw this, he humbled himself and he cried out. And here's what he said. It's all over. I'm doomed for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I've seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar, the pair of tongs. And he touched my lips with it, said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed. Your sins are forgiven. When we come into the presence of a holy God, we will recognize the sin in our life. Too many of us, we want to act like we, we want just to get just a little bit of the feeling that God's around. But we don't want to get in that deep presence where he can really search us. We can really shine the light on us. Psalms chapter 19 verse 12. Trying to use a lot of scripture this morning so it's not just my opinions about things. Psalm chapter 19 verse 12 says, how can I know all of the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me, because then I'll be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. See, it's time that we Christians humble ourselves before God and cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Search me, O God. Know my heart today. Dr. Mike Courtney, who leads Branches Counseling Center here in town, is a member of our church and a very gifted speaker. Thursday this week, posted on his blog, how that he, in an effort to try to begin to understand what the African-American community is going through, reached out to an acquaintance of his. She's the principal of Holloway High School here in town. And he arranged a meeting where they could sit down and he could listen to what she has experienced in her lifetime. And Dr. Courtney said this, We had a great hour together. We laughed We teared up, we leaned in, and I tried to listen. Not to try to impress her with my compassion or challenge her with my opinions, just listen. Just wanted to hear what she's gone through. But listen to this. He finishes his blog with these words. This is hard. He said, I need to keep my big mouth shut put my own opinions and impressions on the back burner for a minute, get off of Facebook, sit down with people that look different from me, get to know them. I need to hear so that I can know what I do not know. And I need to ask my white friends to join me in that endeavor. Will you? Back on January 5th, when Pastor Eddie began his series on growth, in 2020, absolutely not one of us in the building had any idea of all these things that were going to be happening this year. But God knew. God was not surprised. When the Holy Spirit inspired our pastor to preach that series, the Holy Spirit already knew what was about to happen and what we were about to go through. We're now approaching the halfway point of this year, and I wonder just how much have we really grown in our faith? 
How much have we grown in our lives, in our marriages, in our relationships? Or have we used this pandemic, have we used this unrest as an excuse to just sit back and stay where we are? Over a year ago, over a year ago, our pastor prepared this church for this time. He did a complete series on racial reconciliation. Remember that? See, I told you the Holy Spirit knew what was coming long before any of this happened. God was trying to prepare our hearts to be ready for this time. We are so blessed to have pastors that listen to the Holy Spirit and follow His leading. And Pastor Eddie will teach the truth. Can I be honest this morning? This is not easy for me to say either. What I really want to do this year is what was reflected by one of the ladies in our church, uh, Betty Bunch. She posted a tongue-in-cheek comment by a friend of hers that said, This weekend, I'm going to sling some candy out the front door, throw a turkey in the oven, open some presents, and call it a year. That's what I want to do. I'm done with 2020. (laughs) It's been nothing but trouble. But that's not what God's got for us. If we do that, we miss what God is trying to say. We miss the growth that God has for us in our church. We miss what God is trying to do. God is challenging us to grow. Are you up for that challenge? Are you willing to go through Samaria? Will you join Dr. Mike in listening and leaning in? Or are you just going to stay with the status quo? See, I'm 67 years old, but I'm still ready to grow. I'm not done. God's got more for us to do. And as long as he's got breath in us, we need to figure out how it is we're supposed to minister, who we're supposed to reach out to, who can we bring to him. See, your issue, it could be the black-white thing. It may not be. Your issue may be police versus no police. It may be, do I wear a mask or not wear a mask? There's actually groups forming on that. It could be that you're in the immune-compromised group and you want everybody to wear a mask. Or you may be the person who thinks nobody should be wearing masks. It may be the fact that you've lost your job during this pandemic and you feel forgotten and left out because things are opening back up and you're not moving forward. But see, the real issue is none of those. The real issue is the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of this world. Where are we going to be? Are we going to be trying to help build the kingdom of God? Are we going to reach out and try to bring people into the kingdom of God? Or are we going to just sit back and watch what's going on and let it happen? Where are we going to be? I want to be part of the reconciliation. I want to be part of the the people that try to see people come to the kingdom of God. Everything else really doesn't matter. It's getting them into the kingdom of God. The year was 2020. How are we going to finish this year? Let's pray. Father, we come to you today with a broken and a contrite spirit. 
broken heart, God, because as a believer and as a church, we're asking you to to forgive us of our sins. Both those deliberate sins and those sins that are hidden. Lord, we ask you to take a coal, cleanse our lips. Let us truly humble ourselves before you. Let us repent of our sins so that you can heal our land. Let the church, God, be the positive influence, the positive voice in this community that it's supposed to be. And Lord, let us do it for your glory, not for ours. Let us do it for your glory. Lord, we gave you praise this morning, and we we do it, God, because, Lord, we, we love you. We worship you, God. But, Lord, God, we need to be humbled before you, God. Help us listen to you, God, as you're speaking to us. Help us find where it is you want us to plug in and minister. Help us find who it is we need to reach out to and listen to. Who is it, God, we can influence to come into the kingdom? We thank you for this, Jesus.